people are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, career, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the third episode of Bright Minds with Ashmon. I appreciate you guys tuning in every week. It's just been very, uh, very fun little adventure for me. Okay, so in our uh, group of friends here in this neighborhood, this next guest might be an unusual first choice. Wait, does that sound bad? Does that sound rude? And I only say that because um, he's got this little shtick in our in our group of friends. And I guess if I had to summarize it before before I had met him and I had moved in and started becoming friends with everyone, the way he was described to me was that it was like this joke that he was uh, didn't like people, didn't like to hang out, was very introverted. Um, so then I finally get to know him, and you know, I gotta say, I disagree. Uh, I can't flatter him too much because we've got our little normal banter to pick right back up on, which is the Pittsburgh-Baltimore rival. Um, But, you know, I think that he is really fun and super interesting and always is bringing something new to the table. So on that note, let me introduce to you guys my friend, Kevin Crumrine. Kevin. Hey, boy. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this with me. Thanks for having me. Okay. So before we deep dive and get into the serious, you know, very journalistic questions, I got to know who created this narrative about you and is it shtick or is it real? It's entirely baseless. Um, no, it's, uh, you know, I, there, there may be introvert, I think would be a, a fair characterization, particularly until I get to, until I get to be comfortable around people. Um, you know, some of the other accusations, I, I don't, I don't know that I, I necessarily subscribe to, but uh, the introverted part, I, I can I can see that. I think it's I think it's changed a little bit, particularly over the last you know last couple of years working from working from the house and not having a ton of like human adult interaction during the day. You know, I get on phone calls and all that stuff, but the days of being in an office and running into people, it's you know it's uh, it's gone. And so for the last three years, I think it's kind of started to shift. But I, I you know when we moved in six seven years ago. There may have been a few ounces of truth to that. Okay, so somewhere in the middle there. Somewhere so, in the middle. You know, I kind of like it. It's funny. So maybe we should just keep it up anyways. Maybe we should not go on the record and say that you actually do like people. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll <laughs> deny it. I'll deny it. All right, all right. Um, okay, so I also have to talk about myself for five seconds before we before we start talking about you. Uh, the last episode I put out with Graham, I was really beating myself up. We hang out a lot. Mm-hmm. You're with me. You and Chris are with me a lot. And I got to know if some of these things I do all the time or if they're just on the podcast. But do you find me to be a big interrupter? I do not find you to be a big interrupter. Are you interrupter. nervous to say the truth right now? No. No, not at all. Like, that is terrible. I really feel like I interrupted Graham a ton and it was really bothering me. Well, if you just let me finish. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I did not. I did not find that at, at all. No. I also noticed what the other thing I was doing with him. I was not finishing my thought. Like my brain was going so quick and I was thought I said the whole sentence and then mm-hmm. listening back, I most definitely did not. 
Is that something I do? I, no, I haven't. Uh, I, I think you're. I think you're being unfair to yourself here. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think you know the podcast. Look, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous now. Like I think that just is part of the territory. You know, it's like, even if you're going in a job interview, you know, it's like, you have all these intentions of saying things, and then when you finish up, you're like, I, you know, well, maybe you didn't say all of them. Uh, <laughs> maybe you didn't say any of them. But you know, it's just I think it comes with the territory. It comes with the the nerves of kind of stepping outside your comfort zone. But, that is true. Do you think yeah. we could have like a secret code right now, where if I start interrupting you, you like I, I don't know what what could, what could be the sign. <laughs> um, just me rolling my eyes. I don't know how that, that works. All right. Well, listen, I'm a work in progress. I'm going to try. And it is. It's weird listening to yourself back. You're always going to be a little bit more critical of yourself than hopefully other people are going to be. So I haven't had the chance to listen to the, the episode with Graham yet, but I did listen to the one with Tabitha and I, I thought it was really, really good. And it's, you know, selfishly, it's tough to, it's tough to have to follow that one up because she was a really great guest and you guys, you, um, you know, you played off of each other really well. So uh, enjoyed hearing it. You're doing a great job. Um, it's a lot of fun. And, Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited about it. Okay. Um, but I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. All right. Let's get back to you now because okay. enough about how much I stink at this podcasting thing, but I'm trying. I'm trying. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Um, all right. So one of the first things I was learning about you when we became friends, just how different we were growing up. I mean, you were, uh, Kevin was not drinking in high school, was such a rule follower, by the books kind of guy, where on the flip side, I was... Um, doing things maybe you're not allowed to do before you're 21 years old. I was, you know, occasionally sneaking out to go to a WJ frat party. Just nothing, nothing too extreme. I don't want to, sorry, mom and dad, but like not paint a bad picture. Just to me, that was like the, the quote unquote normal high school experience. And when I met you, I'm like, say what? You didn't what? <laughs> so you didn't come to like a complete stop when you were driving at a, at a stop sign? You would, you, you like roll through I don't through think it? I do that oh. now. I'm 37. Oh Heavens. Okay. I think that's, is that how old I am? <clears throat> yeah. Can we, can we pause this for a second? I'm <laughs> triggered. No. Um, so yeah, I, I did not drink in high school um, and, and things were growing up and, and probably still to this day, things are, things are kind of black and white with me. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of parts of life where it'd be better if I was more able to see the gray area. Um, but growing up in particular, I was very much, as you mentioned, a rule follower, very much, a you know, just wanting to, to stay the course, stay, stay between the lines. And, uh, so the first couple of years is of high school as kids, you know, started to, to do that type of stuff. I was just kind of bound by, by that. Um, and as I got older and when I may have started to, you know, potentially be a little more rebellious, then I kind of had a, one of these, defining moments where I, I was introduced to the chance of, of where I would end up going to school. And I was so, you know, nerves, fear, whatever you want to call it. I did not want anything to, to jeopardize that. I was singularly focused on, on making that happen. So everything kind of revolved around it. And, um, you know, I probably could have, uh, looking back, I probably could have had a a natty light here and there and, <laughs> and things would have worked out okay. And I could, I could have ended up in the same place, but um, just the, the, the off chance that, that something went wrong. I just, I didn't want the, I didn't want to jeopardize that. So, so you don't look back and regret like, Hey, I wish I, I wish I would have done this. <clears throat> and again, I mean, clearly got you where you are. So i uh, sorry, I clear, cleared my throat in everybody's ear there. Um, <laughs> I, I would, I do not regret it. I don't look back on it thinking that I, I missed out on anything big. Um, I had a great high school experience. I I kind of got along with with everybody, which which flies entirely in the face of of the shtick that I have. Um, but you know, I just I wasn't you know I wasn't part of like the you know the, the super popular crowd. But I you know I was I was cool with everybody. I got along with everybody. It was kind of like 
everybody knew that it wasn't my thing. And I was just, you know, kind of off doing my nothing. I had a couple of other buddies that were in the same boat that did not, um, did not partake at least, you know, the first couple of years of high school. And that you know, was kind of our, our thing. We were cool with it. And, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any different. So kind of like segue, segue me in my next topic, but have you, I just feel like you were always so driven. I mean, that's really impressive to be 17 years old, senior in high school and just have your eyes on the prize, like what you wanted to do. Like, where do you think that came from? Uh, I just, I knew, I knew early on that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go to a good school and I, I had this dream of playing, playing college lacrosse. And it was, um, it, it just kind of, drove everything. It was every decision was kind of based around that. And I talked, I think a minute ago about, uh, I don't know if remember if it was on the, the, the pre or the recording, <laughs> the drink um, before we started recording or the, um, the defining moment. I, I just remember sitting in that, that guidance counselor's office and being introduced to the, to the prospect of, uh, of the air force Academy. And a lot of the other guys in the room looked at it and were just like, Nope, not for me. Uh, got up, walked out. Um, but I was, I mean, I was hook, line and sinker. And then from, from that day forward, it was just every, every decision, everything was about making that, making that happen. You know, when we were talking about this and I was thinking about, you always have a good saying, like that's one of your things. And I was thinking, I'm like, God, Kevin was high school playing chess. So we were playing checkers. Like <laughs> I was playing always... chess by myself, uh, cause everybody else was out drinking, but, uh, no, it, maybe some, maybe some truth to that, but you know, it, again, wouldn't, wouldn't change it. it. It it got me here. I'm happy about it. And, um, it wouldn't change it. Okay. So you get into, as we were just kind of mentioning, you get into the air force Academy, you're playing lacrosse at a division one school. You did not have the same college experience as I did either. So what was that like at the beginning? Like your parents, did they drive you to Colorado? Did you fly there? Flew out there. My dad's my dad had had work out in Colorado, and uh, so he turned it into a business trip. Um, and I flew out there, got dropped off, July first, two thousand and four. And I remember walking over like this this bridge from where the where we got dropped off into where kind of our our in processing started. And walking over that bridge and looking back, I'm seventeen years old at the time. Look back, and I see my dad, and it was just like. Man, this is this is tough. And then I get on this bus, and they would they drove us from this place where we got you know uh, indoctrinated or whatever the word is in in processed. I think is what I was looking for. And I'm just starting to get screamed at by these upperclassmen. And it's basic training has officially started. They're screaming at me, and I'm just a 17 year old kid. And I'm looking out the window at my dad, just like what what did you what am I doing? Like, can I get back in the car with you and go home? Like, I was not. I was not ready for that. I remember seeing a kid that I went to high school with. It was a couple years ahead of me. was an upperclassman. And I was like, oh, finally, I see a guy that I know. He'll, he'll take care of me. He lit into me more than anybody else there. And I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be brutal. I got four years of this. Like I, I, this has been four hours and I'm ready to, I'm ready to toss in the towel, but. I cannot um, imagine. Do you ask your dad what that moment was like for him? Yeah. We actually talked about it somewhat recently and he, he said it was the hardest, hardest thing he'd done. Cause he could see the, he could see the fear in my eyes and, and just the, you know, the idea of just, you know, we, we stayed the night in a hotel before and everything was, was normal. And the next morning it was like gone. Like I, I didn't talk to him. Yeah, I talked to him one time over the next six weeks. We were allowed to, to call home kind of in the middle of it just to check in, let him know we were still, uh, you know, still cooking. But um, it was tough. It was very abrupt. And then um, we did, we have talked about it. And it was not, you know, it was not a day that I, I look imagine. back on finally. No. Was there a point where you're like, 
I'm not doing this. I, I, I'm going to transfer. Let me get back to Maryland. I don't want to do this anymore. Every day. Seriously? The first the first year every day for sure. I mean, I had the paperwork filled out. I was ready to go. I had it oh, I didn't know that. signed and uh, signed and sealed and, and just not delivered. And uh, it was the last, it was the, the, the last game of my freshman year. One of my good friends on the team, his dad had played lacrosse at the Naval Academy. And I was sitting in the locker room. I remember it was at Denver University. I was sitting in the locker room after the game and he, he walked in just to talk to a couple of us. And I told him that I was, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm done. Uh, I just, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And he just gave me a pep talk um, that I'll, you know, I'll never forget that uh, just stick it out. It'll be worth your while. And fr from then on out, it was every day got a little bit easier from there. Um, still tough, still challenging. That, that first year really is tough, but it, it's, it gets easier. It's not easy by any stretch, but it gets a little bit easier. And then you just start to start to break it up. Just don't look at it as I got three and a half more years of this. It was just, just get to the next day, just get to the weekend, um, just get to the, you know, get to the, the summer and just start to break it up into smaller chunks and it just becomes easier. But yeah, every day I thought about it and I'm, I'm glad I didn't, I, I don't know if I, I knew, I knew at the time I was willing to look past, it, but I knew at the time that I'd regret it. And I'd look back if I had left, I'd be looking back now and just saying you had a chance and you, you, you passed it up because you wanted to take the, you know, the easier road. I, you know, my biggest concern freshman year was maybe like what my AOL status was going to say or um, what I was going to wear to the, the a party that weekend. And <laughs> so I just, I can't, I get, I was young too. I was only 17 when I graduated high school and I, I just was not anywhere in the same headspace as you were. And I think it's amazing though. Well, thank you. And it, it kind of paid off. It paid off. There was, um, there were some struggles along the way. It was, it was not certainly not easy. I, I, I I struggled just, you know, throughout every, everything was a when challenge. When you say struggled like academically or being away from your, you know, emotionally, socially? Um, academically, certainly it was, was challenged. Um, priorities were just not, not there. I, well, I didn't drink in high school and we didn't, you know, we didn't get to go out six nights a week, but when we were able to get out on the weekends, you know, we, we, we made it, we made it count. Um, but uh, <laughs> those, I just, Looking back on it, every every challenge that I faced there was, while at the time I would have liked to have blamed it on on somebody else, and I'm sure I did. Looking back on it, they were all they were all self inflicted. You know, I I was just not mature enough to to do the things I needed to do to prioritize the thing that I needed to to prioritize at the time. But you know, grew from it. I would I would go back. You asked me earlier if I would go back and do anything different. I would absolutely go back and and do that differently if I could. But it it taught me a valuable, albeit, you know, somewhat painful lesson because every day was a struggle, struggled academically, just barely got by a couple classes, like some classes if so much. I struggled to... academically. Like I would have flunked out so quickly from the Air Force Academy. <laughs> You're so smart. That's wild. Well, thank you. Um, th these, these were not classes that I'm, <clears throat> that I'm particularly um, adept at. So they were, uh, they were, they were tough. I, I like some of the classes so much. I got to take them twice. And um <laughs> All right. So this, I, did you go straight from, man, I feel like I should know this, but sorry, I don't. Mm -hmm. Did you go straight from college right into grad school to get your master's? I did not. No. So I graduated in 2008. Um, my first assignment was to a base in Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana. Wait, um, I'm going to interrupt. I have to interrupt. Mm -hmm. Do you have to work for, like, did you have to have a job? In the military, mm -hmm. okay. yeah. I didn't so know that. When, when you graduate from one of the service academies, you incur a commitment. You can go your first two years kind of commitment free, 
and uh, those first two years commitment free, but the, the day you walk into your first class, your junior year, you are, you are committed. Um, oh. And it kind of depends on your job. So if you were a pilot uh, and some of the other kind of very specialized where they, they invest a lot of money in your training after graduation, that's a 10 to 12 year commitment. Mine was five years. And uh, so, yeah, from graduation, I had two months off and then got right into, uh, into the start of my, my five-year commitment at, uh, at a base in Louisiana. When you're young, five years sounds like a really long time. It, it does. doesn't now, but it did then. It sounds like a long time. And I remember um, it was I had German class. It was the, the, the first class of my, <laughs> of my uh, junior year. And I remember seeing kids that first day of school about to walk into German class, about to walk into like all the language classes were in one area. And I remember guys just kind of standing outside these these uh, these doors, like shaking their head, like, "Do I do it? Like, if I do it, this is it. Like, I'm 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 signing the dotted line, man." And and uh, I don't think anybody walked off, but some some people thought thought a little bit about it. Um, but yeah, I think it starts. Yeah, it's five years does know? seem like a lot, and, and twelve seems like a whole lot more. That's it's, yeah. it's a serious commitment. Okay, so you take your first assignment. You're in Louisiana. And then when was grad school always part of the plan or how did you like segue into that next transition? It was not part of the plan, particularly because I thought my, I thought my grades would preclude that from being, being part of the plan, but they were so desperate for, <laughs> uh, for applicants that um, they had a, like a, they had minimum thresholds for your GPA, your GMAT scores, whatever they were. I met none of them, and um, but they had no other applicants, and so uh, they let me go. So three years in Louisiana, a little over a year and a half in Dayton, Ohio at grad school, and then moved to Boston in the spring of 2013. Okay, so when you go, and I'm back in, I know, when you sign up for, the, to, you're going to school at the Air Force Academy, mm -hmm. is being, like, Deployment. When mm -hmm. did you find out about that? Is that something you always knew was going to have to happen? So I started in 2004. This is about a little under three years after the the war kicked off. It's about three years after 9-11. So a little under three years after it kicked off. But you know, then I've got four years of school and they're not going to deploy you a year or two, even probably the first two but years. But it is something that has. Oh, it's for sure. Okay. A, I didn't a possibility. Even know that. But you're thinking like the war is going to be over by then. That's six years from now that I'm going to be, you know, potentially up to deploy. That you know, we were thinking it was going to be a couple of months and we'd be in and out of there, not knowing that it would not only last uh, six years or whatever it was, or eight years, however long until I deployed, but you know, almost twenty years in total. So knew it was a possibility, but I think I think at the time I kind of thought the likelihood was was pretty low. But you know, as as uh, the longer I I stayed in and the longer it went on, the, the more real the possibility became. So when did you officially find out, like, did, did they call you? Did they send you an email? Yeah. Like, are they, Hey, Kevin, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever watched uh, hard knocks. Um, but <laughs> when a guy's about to get cut and they're like, Hey, uh, Kevin, the coach wants to see you bring your playbook. Like, you know, you're about to get cut when you get a phone call and it's like, Hey, uh, Kevin, the, the commander wants to see you uh, come down right away. It's like, all right, well, either I did something terribly wrong which I don't think I did, or I'm, I got a, a tasking for a deployment. And that happened to me at least two times, maybe three. And then the, oh. the first ones got turned off, which just to, like I get the tasking. And then for some reason they decided not to fill it or the other person extended or something else happened, but the deployment got, 
got turned off. And so I got that call at least two times. I think it was three times though, uh, before it finally stuck. This was probably started in the spring of 20, I'm sorry, the fall of 2013. And then the final one, I got the word in January of 2014 that I'd be leaving about a month later. So at that point, you're married. Married. Maggie is not quite 18 months old. And they're like, you're, this is official. You're going. Official. You're going. You leave mid-February. You go do a couple weeks of training down in Texas. And then you hit the road, fly from Texas to Baltimore, uh, which is oddly the most dangerous part of the deployment. <laughs> um, Baltimore to Ireland or Germany. I can't remember where. Cutter for a couple of days. Uh, and then bounced around to a couple bases in Afghanistan and eventually landed at Kabul uh, international airport. There's like a military side to the airport and landed there in the, I think like the last week of February, maybe the first week of March of 2014. And so when you found out like, this is, this is not no longer, they're just calling mm -hmm. me, it's getting like rescinded. Like what, I mean, I'm sure you're like, what did that feel like? Were you terrified? Yeah, I was terrified. Um, unfortunately a, a classmate of mine had, had, uh, had lost his life right where I was going probably like five or six weeks prior. So it was still very fresh and um, yeah, it was very, I was terrified. I mean, you know, I had an 18 month old at home and part of you was looking at it like, what am I doing? Like I, I could be, I could be doing anything else. What am I, what am I doing this for? But then the other part of me is like, I've been doing this since I was 17 years old and this has been going on the entire time. This is kind of like, it was kind of like being called up to the big leagues. It was like, this is why, this is why you do this. Like, this is why you spend all those hours doing these things that may seem menial at the time, but they're, they're important. And this is when you get, you get kind of called in and, and said, it's your time. And I think that I, had I not gone, I'd have, I'd have regretted it. I'd have kind of felt like I, I missed out on something because this is kind of the, the, the thing that defined my generation for people that were in the, in the military. Sure. And if I, if I'd missed out on that, I think I would have, I think I would have felt like I, um, I just wouldn't have felt the closure that I felt. And, and once I, I finished that, it was, it gave me a lot more clarity and a lot more closure that I could say, all right, on to the next. Do you know you're really my first close friend that was actually deployed? Like you're the one that I got to ask all these questions to, mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. I think, I mean, I've certainly known people, but you were the first one we got. I remember the mountain trip we took and we spent like an entire night, the four of us sitting around yeah. just talking about some of your stories. And I also remember when I first became friends with Christy, who was Kevin's wife. And I was like, so Air Force Academy, does that mean you can like fly a plane? Like that sounds so stupid. I, I really had no idea. I feel like I've learned so much just from being friends with you guys. That that question is I'm not always the first one to be asked. <laughs> and it's been, I've let so many people down over the years when when they've asked me that question. I'm like, no, actually, I, um, I, I worked more on the finance and acquisition side. So the least like think of the <laughs> things that they make movies and TV shows about. And then I did the exact opposite. I did like the least interesting, least, least dangerous, least uh, compelling thing that they could, uh, that they could drum up. But so, okay. I, but listen, you still did it. You I did, did it. it. So did. yes, you find a cabal. Like, can I just, I'm not that like, I don't want to ask too many crazy questions, but every night there, were you scared at night? Like, was it just, as intense as it feels like on my end that it would be being there it or did was. it start to become home and second nature and um it becomes second nature in the sense that you just there's things you have to do because there are 
there's there's horror stories of of things that happen. You just have to be you have to be on all the time for you know seven and a half months or whatever it ended up being. So that was the tough part is is just that you know it, it was like a seven month adrenaline rush. Like you were you were on like a an adrenaline rush for seven and a half months and just not knowing what could happen, not knowing who who liked you, who didn't. Um, you know, anytime I left the base. We were, you know, we were told, you know, hey, watch out for, watch out for white Toyota Corollas. Those, there's, there's some around town that, that are, are, you know, potentially loaded with, loaded with bad stuff. It's like, well, every person here drives a white Toyota Corolla. So Jeez. like, that's, that's the, like, what, what am I going to do? So you just, you kind of get used to it. It's nerve wracking the first time. I will never forget the first time when I landed to get to my base, had to, to convoy over to my base. And it was only a couple of miles away. And um, I get there, these guys are, are going over there to like, just hop on with us. And they're giving me like the pre the pre brief, and they're like, you know, weapons are weapons are, are hot. You know, one one chambered safety off. And I was like, I don't. I like put my hand up. I was like, I don't have any ammunition. They wouldn't let me travel with it. And they're like, well, you're probably weren't going to do anything anyway. So just just duck cover and get behind one of us, and um, just try not to scream too loud. <laughs> but I remember that 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 trip, and I was just like, oh, no. I was. I mean, I was. I don't want to get. Uh, I, I was scared. I was scared to death, and I was just like, I have no idea what's what's in store for me. But you do, I guess I'm, I may be contradicting myself. You do after a while. You get more accustomed to it. Um, it just becomes becomes well, your way of life. I think it's fair to feel like there are moments where you're just hanging with your buddies that you're with and eating a meal and maybe mm -hmm. having a beer and just hanging, and then that moment can shift quickly. And it's not like an example you just shared, and so <clears> it's <throat> a polar opposite. You know, you're like, for oh, sure. shit, this yep. is real. This it's, is what I'm doing. It's very real. Um, I was lucky in the sense that, you know, I was not, I, I want to be very, very clear. I was not the one that was out, you know, going on these three week patrols where I wasn't showering and, and, and as, as far as bases go, as far as deployments go, it was about as good as it gets. I had connectivity. I was able to stay, stay in touch with my family and see, you know, see Maggie grow. Even if I wasn't, if I wasn't there, I was still able to, you know, to see her and and right. uh, talk to her on FaceTime, you know, pretty regularly. So as as far as those things go, it was it was about as good as it gets. But it still, you know, it still wears on you, and um, it was a long seven months. That's about how Kirstie's experience, but I'm gonna save that for a podcast sure. with Kirstie because I think being a military spouse has got to be a whole nother ball game. But yeah, you know, but we'll, don't Please, you can't speak for her because I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that for her. But I'll, I will say <laughs> I I could not as daunting as it as it was for, for me, like the, the sacrifice that she and every other, I mean, she, especially cause we had, you know, we had no family close. We didn't really have any friends close. Um, the sacrifice that she made in that moment, but also just in kind of in general of kind of putting her, her career on hold and, and letting us move. Like that's a, that's a, a thing that I think is, is terribly underappreciated that, that military spouses do. And, um, and they just don't get the, the credit that they deserve and um yeah so thankful for that and and she had it she had it just as hard just as difficult as, as i did if not far more that's really sweet wait wait again way to say that yeah, <laughs> i knew you but that's yeah, very very sweet all right there's that note card i can put that away <laughs> <clears throat> okay. all right so you know what i was thinking about earlier whenever you were talking about living all these different places and for whatever reason it started making me think about just friendships in general and how difficult that sometimes can be the older we get to maintain those friendships. So I've got high school friends, college friends, and then Wilmington friends. But you, you've got high school, college. Let me do this. I got this. I got this. Louisiana. 
right? Ohio, mm-hmm. Boston, mm-hmm. here. Right. That's a lot of places. It's a lot of places, yeah. How's that work out? Well, there was, I mean, there was, you know, there was a little bit of overlap there. So friends that I went to school with in Colorado were stationed together in, in Boston. There was a fair, fairly high amount. So that, that did give you a, you know, a little bit of a built-in friend network when you went somewhere, but there was an element of kind of starting over when you went someplace and, and it, but everybody there was in kind of a similar boat that you were almost starting over. You were coming to a new place, new job, new house, new town you never lived in. And so you had that shared bond, I guess. And so um, it, it brought you to people that you probably may not have been friends with in a, in a normal scenario. Maybe, you know, you, you went to college with, there was plenty of people that I was stationed with that I went to college with, didn't know them, wasn't close to them. And then we got stationed together and we were, we were very close. And so I think it puts a, um, you know, a, a premium on, on that, on, on the ability to, to adapt and, and make, make like new groups. You do always and, hear that, like just there's such a sense of community in the military families when you're traveling absolutely. for a military. Yep. But do you keep up with everyone? Everyone's a big question. Probably, but. <laughs> you know, kind of like we all do, you know, there's, it's, it's hit and miss, you know, you maybe you see a, you see a post, somebody, somebody got married or somebody had kids and, and it's like, you know, you, you check in for, for a quick second, you send a message or two back and forth or you get a 15 minutes on the phone, but then it's, does that count in dude world? Like forth. a quick post, like check in and that counts as keeping up. Oh, that's, that's about as high an honor okay. as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that's so much easier for a guy friendship. It's like, Oh, I sent a real a gif and uh, oh, yeah, sure. totally yeah, can, a couple of gifts and that's we'll talk again <laughs> next year. I feel jealous of that sometimes. It's great. So, all right, I've got Corey, my best friend from college. Mm-hmm. Talked to her almost every single morning on the drive-in from work. I've got a couple girlfriends that I text with almost every day. But I feel like I'm always, I prioritize that, but then sometimes I think I'm doing a terrible job at it also. Like sometimes someone will call me and I'm like, gosh, we've been talked in a few months and I don't want to, it sounds terrible, I don't want to answer because then there's like too much to catch up on. There's a lot to catch up on. And, but you know, it's, it is tough. And I, I think about the same that it's like, it's been, six months since I've talked to one of my, one of my good buddies. It's like, oh, but you know, takes two to, takes two to tango. Like he could have, could have given me a call too. Let, let's just, Fair. let's just brush it aside and call it because, and once you start talking to him, it's like, it's like nothing's changed. You, you catch up on everything you've missed. Those but are the best guys. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. Especially when, when everybody's doing, you know, everybody's doing great and you're hearing about all the great things and everybody's getting to the point in their careers where they're making, making cool moves and, and, you know, getting new fun jobs and having families, growing families. So it's fun to, it's fun to catch up on. It's not just like, you know, calling them in like, yeah, I went to, went to the same bar that I've been going to for every (laughs) Friday and Saturday night for the last four years. It's uh, it's something new, something exciting. Um, you know, one friend that I know that you talk about and you probably, cause we have the Pittsburgh connection, but that's Mm -hmm. a friend I'm dying to me. We won't, we won't name drop him on here, but I think that when I publish this podcast, I want to, I need you to give me his number. I'm just gonna be like, Hey, you want to hear about your friend, uh, Mount Lebo. That's what we call Mount Lebo. Yeah. Um, it, it is fun. I mean, I, I talk to those, some of those guys fairly infrequently, but, um, he's in, uh, he's in Florida. Just unfortunately his house had some, some serious damage from the, from the recent storm. And, uh, but got on the text thread with him and a bunch of the other guys. And it was like, nothing had changed. It was like (laughs) the, the, the jokes, the insults, everything was right back to where it was. It was like, it was 2006 all over again. And, um, it is it's just kind of the nature of it. You always you, just, you get back to it. It's true. I feel like that's a good friendship right mm-hmm. there. So one of my girlfriends, Kaylee, told me once she heard this analogy or heard some therapist saying this, but you're constantly at this phase of life, like juggling. It's a juggling act. You're juggling all these balls. Some are plastic balls and a few of them are glass balls. And you're going to drop them every now and then, but you just want them to be the plastic ball and something like this. I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing. But I used to feel like my friendships were one of those glass balls that I just 
was holding on tight to. I feel like I did such a great job keeping up with my high school group. Like I've got this washcloth text thread, even my college buddies, but man, the older the kids get, it gets harder and harder. Have you found the change from glass to, to plastic? I, I, I'm scared to go on the record and say that, but I'm <clears> overanalyzing. I think yeah. they might, it might've, you know? Yeah. I think it's just the nature of it, though. And then you're bringing in so many new people. Like now, my kids are making friends, and I'm meeting their parents. And you know, there's only so much time in a day. Yeah, there's only so much time, and, and yeah, I guess you have to prioritize. I mean, it sounds it sounds terrible, and and you know, there's always there's however many hours in the year. You know, it's not like it's a, a super hard thing to find a half an hour of, of one day to to call somebody. You know, every couple of months and, and check in. But when you start to lay those plans out, it sounds easy, but then come Sunday night, you're like, you're looking ahead at the week and thinking of all the things. And it's like, okay, we got sports on, on Monday night and Wednesday night. And we got piano this day and we got this, that day. It's like, okay, well, there goes the week right. and, and jobs and, and everything else. And it's, it, it becomes a lot easier when you think about it macro, but then you get down to the, you know, down to the nitty gritty. It's like, okay, I got to call. I really want to call so-and-so. It's like, I, I mean, I've had to, there are some friends I've had to schedule time with that. I wanted to, they, they text me and they'd be it's like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, Hey, you around this afternoon? It's like, no, busy. Um, What's next Tuesday look like for you? They're like traveling. Uh, what's what's you know what's uh, <laughs> December look like? Yeah. It's, it's so, up. I mean, we used to live ten doors down from each other and saw each other nine times a day, and now it's like we maybe talk you know every every December for for a couple it's of crazy. minutes. I know. Yeah, it's tough. So we have this wedding this weekend coming up, and it's just even we're talking about um, just even how different that would be. We've been married twelve years, mm -hmm. and how different. The people attending would look, you know, it would just be a completely, that doesn't sound like that long ago, but it was a long time ago. And so many things have shifted since mm -hmm. then. Yeah. I like when you were young too, getting married out of college. I mean, it was a big old party. You know? It was a huge party. And everybody looked at it. It's like, okay, I just got to buy my ticket. Once I'm there, everything else is free. And so I mean, it's, <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm making out on this weekend. Like I'm going to get free, free drinks, free food. That are, I'm going <laughs> to just, I'm going to take, take advantage of it. And now it's a, it's a different, you know, like, all right, I got to start planning flights back and I got to take enough Advil and all of these things. Your priorities just, they change. Yeah, I think stuff. one year, I feel like we maybe had two, three weeks tops of vacation at this point mm -hmm. in our lives and career. I think we went to seven weddings yeah. in one year. Yeah. Seven. That's crazy. We had a couple of those years. My sister's, she's five years younger than me. She's kind of in the throes of that. It's like every weekend is, is a wedding during the summer. And yeah, it's, it's crazy to, crazy to think about, but it, it was a great, it was a, uh, a built-in chance to, to stay everybody. in touch and yes. see everybody and right you have bachelor parties bachelorette parties weddings you know. and i felt like that also for sure kept you connected and then kept it all kind of dies away but then also you would you would see each other and then that would kind of like reignite like hey we're, we're talking a lot more after that you know totally. uh, we had a, a wedding a couple of years ago and, and stayed in touch with those guys it was really good about it for like six months and then unfortunately just life gets back in the way you know and then we've got this convenience of this neighborhood friendship, which is nice. I mean, I feel like when we were picking this house, we're like, man, we want our kids to be able to run around and have people down the street they can just ride their bike, walk yeah. to. And I do feel fortunate that we also happen to like some of the parents too. It helps, yeah. <laughs> it does help. So I do always like to talk about my like my friendship with each guest that's on mm -hmm. there. And I feel like this is a funny one. Like Kevin and I, we've kind of mentioned this throughout, but uh, guys, Shockingly, we are we are different people, and it's some of it's like funny stuff. Just um, the Pittsburgh Baltimore thing, the you know, I'm from <laughs> this private school, uh, public school shtick. The whole the fact that my life is basically like middle class fancy Instagram page in a <laughs> nutshell. I mean, <laughs> all these things that make us like who we are. But do you feel like this is unusual friendship, or why why does this work so well? 
like it really we've got a good bond here you know we do yeah i, I think that we all um we all just those get along you know it's it's just uh we all kind of have a certainly all have different backgrounds you know grew up different places different experiences but you know ultimately we all just kind of want those kind of want the same thing and whether that's you know you're talking just you know our families or the families around us we all just kind of have the same same goals in life we just want to just want to enjoy just want to you know do our do our jobs during the week take the kids <laughs> to sports during the week and and uh you know have a drink on the weekends and laugh and and do all the things that you know just kind of getting the most out of life so um you know there's some there's some differences <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say unusual just because uh you know it's it, it it's whatever works i do feel like when i when i'm hanging out with you i'm always laughing a ton I think a lot of times it's at my expense because I am not the brightest bulb always. <laughs> it's like whenever I'm going to say something ridiculous, it's always in your company. But we do laugh a lot. Have you always been like the funny guy in the group? Like what is that always been your thing? I mean, getting back to it, I think there's a lot of groups that that I've been in that that wouldn't even know that I, you know, that wouldn't even know I could talk. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just kind of how I, I guess it's just kind of how I deal or how I try and, you know, make myself comfortable or make myself part of the group is just by making, making everybody laugh. And, you know, sometimes it, uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes they don't, you know, they don't, they don't all hit. Sometimes they fall gotta flat. Fall. Yeah, um, gotta fall short of here you know, there. there's uh there's been, there's been a few here and there where I go back at night and it's like, God, I wish I'd go back in time and not say that. That was dumb. <laughs> um, but you know, try to make people laugh. You really are funny. You like crack me up all the time. I appreciate Thanks. that. All right. So is there anything you thought we were going to talk about today, which again, I got to keep this podcast. The goal was like within an hour. So you got, you got a lot of the life that you've lived, but yeah. is there anything you thought we were going to talk about today that we didn't? I mean, do we want to talk about the Ravens win last night? Because oh, it was, Lord do we want to me. talk about the AFC North? Um, <laughs> I absolutely don't want to go on record no. talking about the AFC no. North. Ugh. Okay. So when I wrap these up, which First of all, I want to say thank you again. Like yeah. this, you really opened up and I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed this so much. It was a lot of fun. Is there anybody like in your life that I know or I don't know who would be a great guest on the show, whether it's they have an awesome story to tell or it's just a personality type? Like who would you think that would be awesome to be on my show? My show? Lord help my me. My show. Um, <laughs> Let me try that again pod. to be on my podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of really interesting people. Just around this, I mean, I'm thinking around the neighborhood here. We've got a lot of, a lot of, just different backgrounds and a lot of different. Whether it's what we do from, from eight to five, Monday to Friday, or whether it's where we've been for the last twenty years of our lives. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think we've got. Golly, I'm kind of on the spot here. Who, who, who in particular? I don't. I don't know because I don't want to put them on the spot and then them say, ah, not interested. But, well, that's that's not up to you, you know, uh, like it's yeah. fine. I'm just asking for your opinion. Yeah. Who do you think would be a great guest? Name drop. Go, go. So I'm going to put a plug in for um, for my my roommate uh, and 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 uh, partner and wife. I should probably change the order of those three things, but um, <laughs> You know, you know this, and probably a lot of the people listening do. But our daughter was diagnosed with uh, type one diabetes a little over a year ago, and the amount of time and effort and energy that she has dedicated to learning about that and giving our daughter the best chance of just having as normal of a life as 
she can for the rest of her of her life is i mean it's it's remarkable i mean it's not a it's certainly not a 50 50 split in our house it's like a 99.8 percent to what's the what's the math there hey that's, that's your job uh you know balance between between the work there and so i i think she's she's learned a lot about about life and about um raising raising kids and the challenges that come along with that and how just in an instant you know things can things can pivot um in a I'll drop a word from I think that was in Tabitha's uh, pivot, but you know, things can change in the in the blink of an eye, and, and they did for for her. And so you know she's um, she's learned a lot. She's carried a lot of uh, a lot of the weight of that, and uh, it's it's pretty admirable. And I think she's she's learned a lot. I think she can tell some some interesting, give some interesting perspective on just the kind of the challenges and and the you know folks who may go through something different, whether it's with a, a, a child, whether it's with a parent, you know, I think a lot of us are starting to get to the age where you know our parents are, are getting up there, just kind of things thrown your way in life and um, how to deal with it, how to, how, to, how to cope, how to respond. You know, we don't, we're not perfect with it all the time, far from it, but I've learned a lot, she's learned a lot. And uh, I, th- I think she, she could give the listeners some, some interesting perspective on, on how to, you know, how to get the most and do, do everything you can for your family. Cause it's ultimately we all, all trying I to do that. I love that. And I was going to, so the type one whole conversation, I mm-hmm. thought about that for today, but I also was like, I'm saving that for Christy. I yeah. feel like not in a, I mean, that's been yeah. part of your life too. with yeah. such a big moment, but, um, you know, spoiler just, alert. <laughs> um, yeah. Saving that for her. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for you. having me. It was a lot of fun. It was fun, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you guys keep staying tuned. Have a good one.